Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, it, this is the Seattle Supercross wrap-up. And uh, happy to have BTOsports.com supporting these things. Check them out. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money. And uh, go ahead, shop around for tires. Go search other sites. Then go back to BTOsports.com and you will find out that they have the best prices for tires right now. Some huge deals on tires going on over there. Anything else you need, even OEM parts they got over there at BTOsports.com. And of course, presented by Fox Racing. What more can you say about Fox Racing, the global innovation leader for motocross racewear? Foxhead.com. Visit your local authorized Fox dealer. Instinct boot, V4 helmet, airspace, goggle, 360 racewear, adult use sizes. Uh, they always have something cool going on over at foxhead.com. Thanks to those guys for coming on. All right. With me on the line to talk about Seattle and maybe some other things, too, is uh, my boss, the Racer X online editor, Jason Wygant. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Weege, we are still in mourning for the Ultimate Warrior, just to let you know. Well, tonight um, it's going to be a big tribute night on a Monday Night Raw, so I would expect you to cancel your show and just watch. Oh, yes. Okay, I will. Absolutely. At least uh, put it on the big screen. It, I saw the uh, initial autopsy reports that it was heart disease for Ultimate Warrior. I saw that today. So For, for, for about 10 or 20 years, WWE or WWF was always able to say, this has nothing to do with us. They always die of natural causes. <laughs> when they're 30, 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was always like a 45-year-old in a hotel room dying in his sleep. Oh, it was a heart problem. <laughs> nothing to do with being a wrestler. Incredible how, like, Coco Beware and Ricky the Dragon always seem to have heart problems. Yeah, like, for some reason, years of painkillers, drugs, alcohol, and steroids somehow added up. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought that would happen. Right. Also on the line, two-time German Supercross champion, two-time Montreal Supercross champion, now working at Fly Racing, as well as the head of the BTO Sports uh, VIP program at Seattle, uh, the Jason Thomas. JT, what's up? Yes, sir. How you doing? How's everything at Fly Racing today? Oh, can't complain. It's another beautiful day in Idaho. Oh, yeah, fantastic. Have you hit the slopes yet? Uh, well, it is April, um, but I did, yeah, fly, fly. in the wintertime I did, sure. Okay, all right, fantastic. Also on the line, uh, to make this a four-way, the voice of Supercross Live, um, alongside Jim Hawley, almost each and every Saturday. Season is winding down, but we thought we'd get uh, Kevin Barnett on the line. Uh, what's up, Kevin? Hey, I'll, uh, I will be tuning in tonight, Weech, to uh, Monday Night Raw. My boys weigh in, and uh, that'll be a big part of their night. They're disappointed the Warriors gone. Oh, uh, they actually care? What's that? Do they actually care? Uh, they don't really know who the Warriors is, but, yeah, it was definitely news to them. They, Bradley brought it to me and said, hey, 
the Ultimate Warrior oh. died dead. You knew that guy, right? Because they had just watched WrestleMania where they had him in the Hall of Fame and everything else. So okay. they know a little bit about I it. I feel like this Ultimate Warrior thing is much like when they have Retro Night at Supercross and they say that when David Bailey and Rick Johnson go out, there will not be a dry eye in the house. But they fail to realize that half of the house is under age 25 and didn't <laughs> ever see these guys race ever. Yes, but they were like, who are these guys? Bring out McGrath. Bring out Carmichael. But we, when, so, a, when a champion like the Warrior goes down, I mean, just, you know. I mean, he doesn't he supersede well, I'm just sort saying, of. He hasn't. The last time he was on the show until now was until his, he came back for one week and then died oddly. It was 1996. <laughs> I would say that less than half of the crowd nowadays of wrestling. Uh, hold on, hold on. He died in wrestling in his wrestling life. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying he. Uh, this is like no. He had not been on the show until 1996 until last week. Oh, him oh back. okay. It was the first time, and then he died the next oh. day. That's right. He was honored, brought back, honored, then died. Right. For real I really died. wonder if he called yeah, and just said, I don't think I'm going to make it. Let's just put all this behind us. Let me do all the stuff you wanted me to do, and that could be it. Uh, I really all right, folks. We're really, mean, the, the timing is quite a coincidence. We're really sorry about the wrestling talk, but this was the talk this weekend in Seattle because, honestly, JT, uh, Seattle Supercross, it, I don't want to like be negative Nancy and all that, but... Uh, the air has been let out of this series the last couple weeks. I mean, we saw a good oh, race. I disagree. But... It was incredible. Okay. Incredible weekend of high-flying action. Please, please tell us, are you referring to on or off the track? Uh, on the track? Well, but off the track was uh, highly entertaining as well. This weekend we saw the debut and perhaps the closure of the Red to Supercross star program with Denny Stevenson. Denny never made the race, though, JT. Never, never made the race. It was uh, very similar to an Elton John song. Uh, you know, candle burned brightly. Was <laughs> uh, <laughs> blown out way too soon. I, I was thinking uh, more along the lines of Rocket Man. Just <laughs> <laughs> one of the most interesting weekends I've ever seen. <laughs> or yes, Weege, exactly. What? What was it? Saturday, Saturday night's all right for fighting. <laughs> that too uh he did make it to the will call uh, booth in the morning to only to get into a huge verbal altercation with a kenny watson over josh <laughs> hill's release come in the outdoors and then he was put down to sleep it off and he never reappeared again <laughs> so <laughs> rumors of uh an ama official hitting him with a trank gun are <laughs> unconfirmed at this point and of course chicken also made it complete jeff Mantasevich showing up Friday night, Saturday night, just unbelievable. Uh, not sure if the program will continue, folks. We'll let you know. <laughs> it may it may end right now due to liability reasons. <laughs> I'm not sure it's a good idea to take your former superstar and have him ride four hours in the car with a guy in a half shirt and a <laughs> yeah. pair of kids' pajamas. <laughs> and a unicorn head. I don't know if you saw that either. Um, you know, I think those guys, those guys wanted the 90s Supercross star. And I think they got the 90s Supercross star. Well, I think, I think the funny part was that we were so worried for Denny of what Denny was getting into because we'd seen those guys' antics. Yes. And it was completely opposite. We, we should have been very worried for those four. I got Denny fly in. I, we were out on Friday night with them, and then I got a text after the 2 a.m. hour from one of those guys saying, we don't know what we got ourselves into. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, good times in Seattle. But, no, for real, uh, I'll move on to Kevin since JT doesn't quite agree. 
Uh, Kevin, the series has been a little bit anticlimactic the last few weeks, in the 450 class anyways. Well, I get paid to make it exciting, so I had a couple pages worth of notes. Of, oh, here uh, we go. Okay, never, never. About. Okay. It, it has to be thrilling. Come on. All right. You know what? I'll move on to Weege. Weege, <laughs> uh, it's been a little anticlimactic the last few weeks. It's been a little little uh, bit of, uh, I mean, obviously Stewart and Dungey are going for second place here, but Roxon's not the same guy. Brayton's injured. I no longer get paid by the folks at Supercross, so we are counting down, folks, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross <laughs> Championship sanctioned by AMA Pro Racing. Coming to Glen Helen. I am Glen Helen. <laughs> I am Glen Helen. <laughs> um, well, we... No, there isn't... Um, they're, they're really going to the races now. Like, we're pretty much just watching the races. There aren't stories really to track as, as much as there were. I mean, everybody's been out there 14, 15 weeks in a row. It's almost like anything we need to know we've heard and figured out and we've seen. Um... I mean, there are a few new things with Pike going to RCH and whatnot, but there's just not a lot of news in the series at this point. No, and JT, let's let's get your opinion, even though you may disagree with the excitement level. As a racer, let's say this is 2005, Jason Thomas, and you're solidly in 12th in the points. I'm going to say somewhere between 12 and 15 in the points. Uh, there's three rounds left. What is going on with you? You're just basically saying, please help me get to the weekend off. Yeah, definitely the first weekend off uh, after, you know, three or four months of racing is a huge deal. I mean, everyone's looking forward to it. Um, the crazy thing is a lot of guys are basically going to spend the entire week off testing for outdoors. Mm-hmm. They're really not going to get that week. You're really not going to get any time off until the actual weekend. So, like, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is, like, the the best days of your life because they're actually, you just take them completely off. So. Mm-hmm. I think this week you're seeing a lot of guys probably still in their normal deal, but then this weekend, yeah. man, I really not that you're going to go crazy and do anything Denny Stevenson ish, but <laughs> just you know not having to go anywhere, wake wake up and be like, oh, I'm just, you know actually get to sleep in and stuff like that is going to be a nice break. Um, well, actually, you said racing three or four months. If if we were really talking about the 2005 Jason Thomas, this would be racing for four months straight, Germany, Finland, and God knows where else. Yeah, it was probably more like six to seven months straight at this point for me. So, <laughs> uh, Kevin, though, um, RV, to his credit, uh, in front of his hometown crowd in a track that he's had some hot and cold luck at over the years, he didn't had to go to the semi race. Uh, didn't get going in the heat till too probably too late, and then so he had the ninth gate pick, but he did what he had to do, pull it off and uh, and grab the whole shot and uh, took off. He rode he rode great. I mean. We were all sort of watching Stu and his quad antics and everything behind him, but I think we're o- overlooking the fact that the last two races, RV has said, hey, everybody, don't forget about me. Yeah, I think it's what we see from Villapoto again and again. He's not doing the quad or doing some section crazy. He's not doing a bunch of crazy stuff. He just plain goes fast. And people behind him are doing some other things, and you're watching some other fun things that are entertaining, but Villapoto's just winning the race. Mm-hmm. And that's all he's done. And and I think, yeah, the, some of the air does go out, and that's because greatness kind of has its cost, right? I, I imagine the folks from the 90s when they were watching McGrath win four straight, Emmett gets one, he gets three more. There had to have been lots of weekends like this. That's the era that I missed uh, as a fan, that you just go, well, okay, McGrath again, 
let's find something else to pay attention to. <laughs> and, yeah. and Ryan just keeps doing that. It, it, it doesn't seem to matter the circumstance. He does not get rattled, and that, that perhaps is the most impressive thing. It doesn't matter the points. It doesn't matter the situation, the track, what anybody else is doing. He goes out there and takes care of business and makes sure at the end of the day he has more points than anybody else. You got a good point, uh, although the point a little bit in the 90s, if there was a quad, McGrath was doing it. McGrath's technical level was superior to pretty much everybody. But, JT, this year, okay, so there was a quad in Oakland. There was something in one of the Anaheims. Then there was St. Louis. Now Seattle. I, those are four examples, and there may be more, of jump sections that RV never did. And Toronto. still, Well, I don't know if Toronto counts. Yeah, but still. Okay, yeah. He, I mean, she, okay. jump, I mean, James was jumping them, and nobody else really wanted anything to do with it. Ah, uh, Brayton. So. Well, JB10. Weege. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're saying. And but I anyways, five. Jump at Oakland, and et cetera. Yeah, but. Five, five jumps this season, that off the top of our heads, or maybe more, that the champ, the best guy in the class, didn't do, and still won great, and still went on, and, you know. I think in the classic words of uh, Ricky Carmichael, uh, Jumps are for show, corners for dough. Ah, uh, yes, thank you. Uh, applies here. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you don't always have to do the crazy stuff to to win the race. I think at times, like I, I do feel at Toronto that the James, the jumps that James uh, executed were the uh, huge part of why he won the race. But still, when it comes down to it, uh, the most time can be made in the turn. Weege, um, what? Sometimes I feel like I'm just yelling out into space and no one is hearing me. But what am I always on to Villapoto about and what I don't like about his race strategy? The inside game. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you for enthusiasm. Has anybody noticed the last two races? He has uh, had to go to the semi-race. His gate pick has been by the box. And yet he's hole shot, which he doesn't have that many hole shots this year. And taken off for the win, Weege. I mean, d- Michael Essie's noticed. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just saying, why again? I'm just saying. Like, I should almost maybe look into being a rider coach or something. Or yeah, something. I'm sure we cannot come up with any examples of statements you've made that have worked out. Well, not. What do you think of that, though? Here's what I think of it. Here's what I think of it. Uh, it is true that on occasion, starting not on the inside, might result in a whole shot, and it has the last two races. But I think in general, he's, <clears throat> this is why he's been the points leader for basically four straight years. He is trying to average it out. I don't think he's concerned with being first to the first turn. What he's concerned with is trying to never go down in the first turn. And he knows if he goes on the inside, that's not going to happen. He knows he's fast enough, fit enough, where he can get a good finish if he starts fifth every week. He doesn't need to gamble and get the whole shot. You're gambling. On the inside, you're gambling. You're going to get pinched off and maybe get a bad start. But in the middle, to the outside, you're gambling where dudes on the inside are going to go down. You're going to be off the track or down in the ground. That's the problem. So I think, in general, he's playing the odds to say, I might have a better shot at a whole shot from a different gate, but I run the risk of going down. And for him, that's really the only way he's going to have problems. He can start fifth and, or seventh and get a good finish. He just doesn't want to get into a pileup, and that's what happens when you go further outside. No. What happens to ensure yourself you don't get a pileup, you start by the box, you got some room to move, I love the 800, you got a terrific, you're a terrific rider, you have great skills, your bike is fast as hell, and there you go, you start by the box. And so. 90 degree first. How did, uh, how did a Leslie start work out from a Daytona? Yeah. 
Well, he went down, but he got to the turn good. Right. Yes, that's what we're what Okay, we're Daytona, about. the most unfair starting gate uh, of the year. You're picking up one example of a massively first turn that favored the inside. I got that. Okay, I'll give you that. But generally speaking. I'm just saying most riders, I think, are going to try to pick the gates that give them the best chance at a whole shot. Right. I think that Villapoto, much like Carmichael, I think also they eventually got good enough where they were like, I'm going to pick the one that prevents a first turn crash. That's really the only thing that's going to screw me. Hey, can you talk a little more into the receiver? You're quiet compared to Kevin and JT, just seeing if that's possible. This oh. is the first time in my life I've ever been told I know. I'm too quiet. I know. Same phone, same <laughs> setup, same everything. You're quiet, same guy. Um, hey, I'm not doing anything different. That's better. It is a bit quiet. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, will, I will be loud from now on. Remember, take, put on your I am Glenn Helen voice. Do you want me to be the ultimate warrior on this call? <laughs> <laughs> Put on the mask, please. Put it on. <laughs> hey, uh, did anybody? I tried to get the quad timing that James and John. Oh, Hogan. <laughs> uh, Hill and Troy Kennard said he did it in practice. I didn't see that, but uh, James and Hill were definitely consistently, or not consistently, but doing the quad. Kevin or JT, did you guys time it? It didn't look any faster. But it was certainly impressive. But I don't know, like, start to finish in that whole section if it was any better. I, I, I think JT I think it was faster, but only if you did the three out. But who did the yeah. three out? Did, they yeah, did anybody do the three out? I didn't see the three yeah. out all day. Yeah, I, I didn't see it either, but I was I had confirmation this morning that he did do the three out. James, okay, yeah, if you went three out all day long, I, I yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, JT, how about that case from James? Wow. That definitely knocked a wind out of him as far as, like, hey, I'm going to keep doing this thing. Yeah, and I think, too, he was doing all this crazy stuff. Like, he was jumping almost all the whoops, and he was doing the quad, and he was trying to put all these sections together a la Toronto, and he wasn't making any time, but he was coming damn near killing himself. He was. Over and over. Right, yeah. right. And I think, it just, it, I think it just got to the point where I'm, <clears throat> he was taking all of these chances, and he wasn't even making time, so... You know, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> might as well just back it down at that point before you bury yourself out there. So, I'm sure he had to be frustrated. I know those guys have, they've got like a little bit of a cold war going on where they don't really say anything, but they're definitely really, really want to beat each other at this point. So, wow. yeah, I'm sure it's just one of those things where he just was like, okay, well, I've taken a lot of chances here and it's not accomplishing anything. So, you, I, you I better yeah. smarten up a bit. You talk about those sections, and you're right, but I noticed him pushing in the corners. Like, Almost losing a front end, coming in with his foot out like he was trying hard. He was not not going to let RV have that one easy. So kudos to RV for holding him off. JT. Yeah, no, I yeah. I agree. I mean, he's I, I don't even think you know James let him have it. It was just RV just took it. You know, James yeah. gave him everything he had. Yep. And he just, you know, RV was just better on that night. And I think it's gone back and forth. I think the pendulum has swung both ways at times this season. But Saturday night, right. you know, RV was just better. It's just what it comes down to. Kevin, are you going to uh, New York? You'll be at all of them, right, the last two? So Yeah. Uh, yeah your Twitter feed is safe. Here's something, here's something that you can hype up that I didn't realize. I forgot about. The Toyota Truck Challenge. Right. James is one point ahead of RV. New York is the final round. So there you go. You can hype that thing. There's your hook. um, RV, one point down. So we asked on this podcast, I asked a while ago to JT and Weege, will anybody else win a race 
other than James or Stewart. And JT waffled a little bit. I think Weege did too. I said no. Um, Kevin, do you think is RV or James going to win? The, one of those two going to win the last two? I mean, the way they've been riding, it's hard to throw anybody else in there. I, I think Dungey is always a threat to just have it right on a certain weekend. And I think so. So I think you have to keep number five in there. But really, the way those two guys have been riding over the last few weeks, I have a hard time believing it's it's anybody but the two of them. So, and like JT just said, it's fun to watch. It's interesting to watch. It makes it all the more impressive on each weekend that Villapoto, as hard as James was going, Villapoto still had him covered. And that was a story a couple weeks before with James. As hard as Villapoto could push, James had him covered. Uh, one of these nights, they're going to get them both on their game, and they're going to clear the field by 30 seconds but dice it out. That would be fun to watch. Yeah, we could see a uh, – well, I don't know, JT, could we see an RC read San Diego? Could we see – or is, it, is, is the rest of the field too good? Uh, would they lap everyone? Yeah. Or no, okay. definitely not. Okay. No. Well, I, they I didn't lap everybody. I don't think that, that that scenario is, is they, reasonable. They didn't lap Morocco, but everybody else. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so at all. I think even guys like Tomac and Roxon and I, they're just – those okay. guys are – Okay. They're losing a lot of ground, but they're not, they're not that far off. All right. Just putting it out yeah, there. With eight, with eight laps to go, they had 12 seconds on Dungy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, but that's still a long way from the 40 that you need to lap them. So, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't think lapping them is going to happen, but still 12 seconds on Dunge and then everybody else is a heck of a show. So, Weege, who they're tied with five wins. What do the wins look like at the end of the season? Um, there's a real wild card here, a real wild card, which is these uh, rumors of a knee injury and what that means for Villapoto. Uh, you know, if he wins the title, does he, let's say he wins the title in the New York, New Jersey round, whatever you want to call it. Is the, uh, is the wild card you talking really quietly into your receiver? I don't No, The wild card is your audio equipment. Do you really think that all of a sudden I just decided to start talking quietly? Kevin keep and me, so I keep getting angry. So Kevin, I have to talk louder. Kevin and JT's audio is fine and looks great on my little, uh, software program here. Yours is quiet. I'm just saying. Okay, well, I'm going to give a little behind-the-scenes info here for those folks listening in. Last week, before we started recording, Mathis told JT, the only thing I can come up with is, JT, hold the phone further away from your face. Yeah, JT was very, very, very loud. He was very loud last week. So, these are your solutions to your audio problem. <laughs> hold the phone further away from your face, JT. Um, listen. You think all of a sudden JT just started talking twice as loud as he normally does. You're all on the same channel, bro. So, I don't know. I can't I, I cannot adjust each man uh, specifically. But anyways, all right. Try your question. <laughs> try your best. RV's wild card. Who's going to have more wins? Yeah, I'm going to actually edge towards Stewart um, just because of that wild card thing of uh, I don't know what what the future is for Villapoto here. Like, let's say if he really is supposedly hurt, he sure doesn't seem to be riding that way. But we know how that works. Sometimes they ride okay, but they still have a problem they need to get fixed. Does he go to Vegas if he wraps up the title? Does he go all out in Vegas if he wraps up the title? It may or may not be a factor, but with Stewart, I don't think you, there's really anything holding him back at this point from trying to win. So so I'll edge towards Stewart. But obviously you could see each getting one or, or whatever. But if you want me to pick one, I'll pick Stewart. Here's another question, though. If Villapoto is hurt, and he's basically one race, one completely mediocre finish away from wrapping up his fourth straight title, how much does he ride in the next two weeks? 
I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the RV thing is true. He will not be going outdoors. Um, I heard we will be hearing something soon. But I, I honestly can't nail it down to a knee injury. I'm getting different reports on that. So I don't know. I, I don't feel comfortable enough to say what I know, why it is, or what's going on. But I am pretty confident he's missing the outdoors. So I don't know. And see, I'm saying it's just something, it's just something in the mix that could yeah. potentially affect um, him going out there. Yeah, I was thinking about that, Kevin. Same thing. Obviously, the title is pretty much his. It's everything but two points. But if he, for some reason, were to have some catastrophic problem here over the next two weeks, it's certainly not out of the question that Stewart could win the last two races. Like, if he were, for some reason, to completely not be able to show up, uh, yeah. it's actually somehow still very much in jeopardy. Would you bet on the field beating Stewart if Villapoto was out in the last two races? You probably wouldn't. I wouldn't. Right. No, not with so that, that out there in the way Stu's been riding. He's got to yeah. at least show up. What about you, JT? Would, would, would you bet if, if – I mean, what do you think see happening in the last two races? Who, who wins? Yeah, I mean, obviously if you take RV out of the equation, it's, it seems like it's the James show from what we've seen as of late. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think if, if RV is out there, uh, I think he's too proud to just, you know, mm-hmm. ride around. So I think he either races and he races full out, and I think we even see more effort from him at Vegas if the title's over, uh-huh. uh, or, or we just see him not ride. He, he just, it's just his personality. If he's going to show up and race Vegas, there's no way he's going to give James or Dungey or anyone the satisfaction of beating him if he has that. If he has the, you know, his say in it. Right, um, Weege, you've been talking to Tomac, or you talked to Tomac after Seattle, and uh, I know he got third in Indy, but this might have been his best race of the year. Yeah, he said it was. I talked to him after Houston too. He was pretty happy with that. I think they finally figured out some things uh, with that bike, and we we've been talking about it a little bit more with uh, Barsha where you're not hearing, Barsha's finishes have been better as of late, and you weren't hearing anything about the bike. Same thing for Tomac, because what I asked him after Houston was, I mean, is this season basically a write-off? What's your motivation to even come into these Supercross races? Are you just thinking outdoors, and you're just going through the motions here? But he says he can't, because he really has to learn this bike for next year. So he still has to try these Supercross races, and I think it's paying off. Like, obviously, they've learned something with the bike. He's gone back to the factory bike, and he's doing a lot better, so... Where on the outside it would look like it's just a blown season for him. I think Tomac, looking at the stuff he's learned the last couple of weeks, might really matter come next January. So he's glad he's still out there. This is why we talked about on the Pulp Show or maybe on this thing, Tomac rocks in outdoors. I like Tomac because it looks like JT Roxon's hitting a bit of a wall. Yeah, I think it's early. Um, I think that the three weeks off, Two weekends and three weeks off is going to help uh, Roxon's uh, situation. So I'm not willing to really give it to either of them at this point. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I do agree that Roxon doesn't look anything like the same guy that we saw at Anaheim 1. So are you? Uh, there's something to it. Are you coming around on the Honda, JT? Are you coming around? I really was. Canard. It's really it's irrelevant to me. Uh, I was more going off of their comments and their results. So. But okay, but Barsha's Barsha's made uh, they some definitely podiums. Look better, and they sound, and they're less vocal yep. than what I've seen. I, I've still heard some comments, um, not this weekend, but the weekend before, right. negative comments uh, thrown around, not officially, but I heard them. Yeah. Still. Well, we got Barsha so, making some podiums. Tomac looks good, better, and Canard certainly looks like he could 
podium anytime he got a terrible start this weekend. But you know what I mean? A little bit the Red Riders, even though they locked me in the porta potties this weekend. Yes. Uh, I was not happy with that. I feel like I maybe should shit talk their bike for that. Well, let me let me, let me clarify. I can't shit talk their mule it is, or whatever they call it. It is very solid and sturdy. You cannot move it no matter how hard you push open on a door. So let me just vouch for this, the, the rigidity of their big red or uh, whatever they call their dinosaur quad thing. Um, but you know what I mean, JT. Like, we're getting a little better results from those guys. Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely seems like uh, they found something. I don't know that they're overwhelmingly happy, like they just, yeah, they just turned yeah. a corner or anything, but yeah. it definitely seems like they've improved somewhat. The results mm-hmm. are better, uh, and you can see it in their like they're they're more happy with what's going on, right? Right, uh, Kevin. What do you think of um, when you watch the race in Seattle? What did you think of the battle between Short, Barsha, Kennard, Roxon was in there. Hill caught him a little bit. That was probably the best thing of the night. I was watching that a lot. Yeah, that was good, and I'm glad we had a battle after the week before when it was one yeah. through five separated by thirty plus seconds. Uh, I enjoyed seeing three, four riders in the same corner all at once. And it was fun to watch because it was mostly clean. I think Kennard came in hot one time and, and caught the back wheel of Roxon. But other than that, everybody was kind of racing each other clean and, and working hard, and it, and it was entertaining, which is something that we had lacked the week before. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what else? Uh, Hill, Weed, you talked to Hill after the race. Uh, he, he looked good. He won the semi. Uh, qualif- was qualifying pretty good all day long. Um, what'd you What'd you see from him? Well, here's what I was surprised. I, I really want to talk to him about the the RCH situation of not being on the team any longer for outdoors. But what he also dropped is Hill has gotten horrible starts all year long. Like you have not seen him anywhere near the front at any point. Heat race, main, really anything. I think finally last week that heat race that he won coincidentally was the first time he had a good start all year. Um, so I said to him, "Hey, what's that?" So I said, um, what just what's happened? wrong? You didn't used to be a horrible starter, or is that something I missed? And he basically alluded to there's something wrong with the bike, and it's not his fault. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Now, this is what happens when a rider knows I think he's only got a couple weekends left with the team. They can be a little bit more frank and honest. Yeah. But he said, it's not my fault. We're having issues. And then later on I said, with the team, um, you know, what's your comment on not riding from the outdoors? And he said, well, like I said before, we've had some disagreements with the motorcycle, and we're going our separate ways. Um, hmm. So I don't know what that would be. I don't know if it's a clutch or, or, or what, but he's saying it's the bike, essentially, that has prevented him from getting any good starts all year. What do you think about that, JT? Um, I don't know. I, I always found the Suzuki's to be really, really good on starts. We've seen James Stewart be up front consistently on the starts, so... I'm not sure. I don't know. It could be his right. setup, or I, it's really it's really tough to say from the outside in that vague of a comment. I would hope that Josh isn't throwing stones at the team that's not called for. If there's anybody that should be thanking the RCH teams, I know it didn't work out for him going outdoors, it, it should be Josh Hill. Mo, 95% of the teams in this sport would have cut him by now just due to his injuries and to the fact he hasn't, he's been paid money and he hasn't been able to race, and it's not his fault. He's made a nice comeback, but our sport is pretty cruel, and Josh, I think, should be pretty grateful for those guys. Don't you think, Weege? I think he is. I okay. think he is. That's yeah. why I think what he's saying, he truly believes. I don't think he's 
coming up with stuff just to make them sound bad. Because he even said to me, he goes, Kenny Watson and, and Kerry Hart, I love those guys. They've done a lot for me. Okay, yeah. He made sure to throw yeah. that in there, too, which right. leads me to think he's not just right. finding an axe to grind for no reason. Yeah. He knows that he, he – they, he, they certainly really, if you think about it, they did more for him than he did for them. <laughs> when you consider how – shoot, he had like two whole years he didn't even race. Look, there's there's been more than a few teams in our sport over the years that riders have just mysteriously gone missing halfway through the season, and you're like, "What happened to this guy?" Ah, we cut him, and you're like, "What? Huh?" <laughs> so, um, you know, that that kind of stuff happens in our sport. The weirdest thing yeah, for me in this whole deal, we're going to quite get a straight answer on what uh, he's pretty adamant, and and Kenny told me the same thing. There, this wasn't a performance clause contract situation. Um. Yeah, I talked to I talked to some sponsors, uh, people that are close to the team. He he's been missing flights, he's been missing some autograph signings, or been late to them, been complaining about the bike and those types of things. Still surprised. That doesn't sound like something that like that happens to a lot of riders. JT, I think you can vouch for that. Um, oh yeah, but uh, it was enough well, to. Well, uh, means he wasn't killing it. I guarantee you, if he had four podiums this year, they'd be more than willing to overlook it. Yeah, really, right? <laughs> I think in this case, you're looking. Okay, you have Pike, for example, he's doing really well, and you're probably like looking for a reason. Uh, and Hill Outdoors has really never been his strength either, so I wouldn't be surprised if they were. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. <clears throat> I would. I would think that if. Um, I think that if. Dungey was late for two autograph sessions this year. I don't think K two would be like, "You're out of here." <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. What, uh, what were you going to say, Kevin? Well, I was saying the weirdest thing about this, if you look from the outside, it is the whole idea that you sign with another team essentially mid-season. So it's as though at the All-Star break or maybe, maybe halfway through at the eight-game mark for the NFL, Deshaun Jackson signs with the Redskins, but he still has eight more games to play with the Eagles, and he plays against the Redskins while he's already signed for them. <laughs> it's such, a, such an odd deal that all this information is already out there that, you know, Roxon's changing teams and Hill is out and, all, and, and the other rumors we've heard about people, the JGR and so on, and all that information is floating around there. And there's still 24 motos to go and two rounds of Supercross. So that just it's so odd that you can change your team and yet you still have to perform under your current contract. And that's why they have quiet periods and stuff after, yeah. after the season's. In other professional sports. Well, yeah, no, I, I think the earliest signing I ever remember, JT, maybe you can back me up or Weege, Tedesco signed with, well, no, he was moving classes, so that's maybe a little different. But Suzuki, Tedesco signed his factory Suzuki deal like by round five of the Supercross season or something like that. Um, well, I know, well, the Carmichael to Suzuki thing was announced. It wasn't just signed, it was announced on April 1st of 2004. Yeah, that's true, right. There yeah. we go. Yeah, we, it, that's early. I mean, a, for for a PR to be out, that's early. Yeah, I mean, you never have that happen. No, absolutely. Uh, nothing like that happened for you, JT, when you signed different teams or switched teams, huh? Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Nothing did happen. I didn't get paid. Uh, there was no <laughs> announcement. Yeah. Um, Weege, can we can we talk a little bit about the JGR guys? <laughs> Which ones? Well, Grant and Brayton missed the race. Brayton, it sounds like, will be out for. At least a month. He's got knee ligament issues that could go longer, which really sucks for Brayton because he's never a good starter outdoors. He always finds himself catching up to the pack, and now it's going to be even worse. And Grant, I would imagine, I think Grant will be back for outdoors, if not back for the last two. But So they got Nicoletti. And Weege, how much, how much punishment does Nicoletti take before he just cries no moss? How much do you think he just says, I, I, I can't do this? I, 
you look, we have a video posted today. A guy, Jordan Roberts, had an interview with uh, Nicoletti after the race. And he said, well, it was better than San Diego. I, I got a lap and a half in it until I wadded. Right. So if that, if that gives you any indication. Not to mention practice. Just, oh. just Phil. Just. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. The great thing, besides my obvious personal bias, I mean, think about this. He had a really solid season going, and he was maintaining it. Like, it looked at one point that he was going to maybe drop off a little bit, but mm-hmm. then he picked it back up. And that St. Louis race was really one of his better ones all year. And then completely, absolutely no fault of his own, now the season is toast. Um, and it's probably a tough time for him right now because every, we know that most of these guys are still negotiating. So now his Supercross season isn't going to look quite as good as it probably should have. The outdoor thing is really going to get screwed up. And I think a lot of teams were looking to see how the outdoors would go for him since that's usually not his strength. So this is going to be – he's in a tough situation now because of one dungeon crash, no yellow flags, not seeing him landing on the bike, not his fault. Right, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a tough deal. So um, the, JGR guy, the JGR guys put Vince Freeze on their bike, which good for Vince because he wasn't going to make the race because his 450 broke at Houston. So he wasn't going to Seattle at all. Gets a call from JGR to fill in. I see the JGR guys on the rental car shuttle on Friday. We Vince Freeze was allowed to wear the X-Brand goggles, which I do some service. So we were talking about that. They asked me what I thought. I said, that's an awesome deal for you guys and good for Vince. It's going to be tough, I said. And they're like, what do you mean? I go, well, he hasn't practiced on the bike at all. He had 10 minutes on press day today, which was the Friday. You're asking him to get on a YZ450 factory, basically a factory YZ450. You didn't do a set of suspension for him. You basically just said, how much do you weigh? And hopefully you, you know, I mean, the guys there are are super smart, but they're not going all out testing for him. They're going to give him what they think will work. And as I was, and they kind of got a little bit bent out of shape at me for saying that. And I'm like, look, it's just going to be tough. Ten minutes on the bike. And here, here, kid, go race a Supercross. Vince has been having a good year and whatever, like. They got a little bent out of shape, Weege, at me, and please take it from there. Yeah, you were telling this exact story, these exact words. You were telling me this exact thing. And then all of a sudden, as we were saying it, we got interrupted with, oh, 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 everyone in the press box freaking out. And then we look, and there's Freeze and his Yamaha flipping. <laughs> in the first, very first practice, ever. right. <laughs> Just And look, he crashed out of the, 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 the main. So, like... It's just a tough deal. I mean, I, I'm sorry I got those guys pissed off at me or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like, JT, that's a tough thing. That's a tough bike to jump on. He's ridden it before, but he hasn't ridden the JGR bike. And it's, he's yeah, been on a Honda all year. We talked about this last week. Well, um, but, I mean, why am I, 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 why am I, I the asshole? Like, Well, there's a lot of reasons for that, but <laughs> I don't think this necessarily was a contributing factor. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think if you're expecting a guy to jump on a bike that he hasn't raced, hasn't tested, hasn't ridden with 10 to 15 minutes of prep time and go in and, and think everything's going to go smoothly, I think that's that's a little uh, foolish. I, I just feel that way. So I'm sure they felt like they could make it work and whatever. And, and I don't know exactly what words were said, but you know, I, I didn't well, expect much out of it. And, and I didn't think he would crash as much as he did, but... No, and, uh, and it's not certainly the, yeah. didn't think it was going to go over, you know, really that well either. They were talking eight to twelve place. <laughs> yeah, I think that's 
I think that's uh, Vince hasn't gotten eight to too much. Vince hasn't gotten eight to twelve all year. Yeah, that's expecting too much. You know, I, I mean, I'm definitely on that side. Right, and like, good job by them. Great job for Vince to get on the team, and and thanks to Oakley for letting Vince wear X brand, and everything was good. It was all a good deal. But to expect it to not be tough with ten minutes on the bike on a bike that handles differently and is a little different than every other bike, I think the 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 saying of the YZ450 being you know a horrible bike has stopped. The, they they have a new frame for 2014. The JGR guys have learned a little bit. I think that talk has stopped, and maybe they're still sensitive about that. But it's still a different bike, JT. It's still different. Yeah, and you're you're expecting a guy to do better than he has all year on a bike that he has no time on and an unfamiliar team, new tires, new bike, new new ah, everything. Geez. I mean, yeah. literally everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on your side. I think. I mean, ho- you hope he gets into the main event. You hope he stays on two wheels, and you hope he gets you a decent result, and everybody walks away smiling. And unfortunately, they didn't even get that. I think for for hoping for a top ten is a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think they're looking a little for a little bit too much there. Yeah, but I'm I'm the asshole. Yes, I agree. Okay, all right, thanks. Um, anything else when it comes to four fifties? Anybody got anything? Any, anything at all? I think one more thing on Villapoto. Okay. I think Mike Williamson gets a lot of credit here. That bike never breaks. They they never have weirdo issues. And I think back to last year, and Stu had that weirdo issue as Arlington, where he got to the line and the bike didn't start, and we've seen Dungey have derailed chains or you know, or the bike goes down and the throttle tube gets ripped off. That's not that's not the mechanic's fault or anything, but uh, I'm not saying anything negative about anybody else, but entirely something positive about Williamson. That bike just seems to go and go perfectly nearly every race. Well, his first factory team he was on, I was I was already there and teaching him the ropes, Kevin. Did you see his motorcycle Red Bud in 2011? I will throw that out there. Red Bud 2011. Yes, because he came back to the truck and it looked like Mad Max had just ridden it into oh, and out of yes. Thunderdome. Yes, yes, I remember that. Um, no, you have a point, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Um, yeah, some of the other stuff can't be can't be blamed on the mechanics, but still, RV had the uh, mud clog the exhaust in Atlanta. Again, not his fault. He cartwheeled it like three years ago or whatever. But right. yeah, basically, you're right. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a tribute uh, a tribute to Mike and uh, and Kawasaki for building the bike. So, um, hey, uh, Schmidt in the main, Regal, Ronnie Stewart, Killian Rusk, Tapia makes the main again. Cody Gilmore, Bracken Hall. I don't even know who Bracken Hall is, really. Besides, Donk worked for him like two years ago for a little bit. But JT, I mean, this—Are you thinking about maybe dusting off the boots at all? No, I think I'm good. Okay. But uh, we've seen this before. This is not a new concept that the field gets thin at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's this is probably one of the more extreme years. To what we saw this past weekend. But it, this this happens. I mean, this is a this sport is full of attrition, and guys miss races. And as it gets towards the end, guys just sit out because they know outdoors are coming, and maybe they're not a hundred percent. So it gives them a reason to wait to get a hundred percent. So uh, yeah, it's just part of it. I mean, it, honestly, it's good for those guys. Those guys need to make money. There's there's not much money in the sport right now. So right. I I'm happy to see it. Uh, all right, hey everybody! Thanks for listening to the BTOSports.com Racer X podcast presented by Racer, presented by Fox Racing. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. BTOSports.com. Use the code PulpMX to save yourself big time money. 
Uh, tire prices are, are unbeatable right now, along with uh, all your favorite brands out there, including Fox, Fox Racing, official gear of Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey, Brock Tickle, Jimmy Dakotas, many other guys, uh, foxhead.com. And if you need some suspension work, use the code PULPMX14 to save yourself money at Racetech. Listen to this Racetech commercial, and uh, uh, I'm sure your bike needs suspension work. I have no doubt of that. So listen to this, and we'll be right back after commercial. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Racetech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Racetech suspension, and they've been along, around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Racetech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Racetech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Thee, the owner of Racetech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back on the BTOsports.com. RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Foxhead.com. Um, before we get into 250s, um, Kevin, uh, two-time Olympic volleyball team member. There we go. I was surprised you waited this long. Yes, two times. Uh, NBC Sports volleyball commentator, correct? Correct. A very accomplished in volleyball, would you say? Uh, yes. Um, passion of yours? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I think if, if you're looking for an expert opinion okay. on sport of just... volleyball or volleyball-related subjects, I'm just trying to establish your credibility with the fans okay. and the listeners before we go too far into this. Now, we talked about, last show, about my career in the Valley Gardens Junior High Volleyball Squad as a setter. Uh, I played volleyball, competitive, junior high volleyball for three or four years. I was telling you this. Uh, I was bragging about my skills. I told you to bring a volleyball. I didn't think you actually would, but you did. You brought a volleyball to Seattle, and you and I, is it called Pepper? Is it called yeah. Warm Up? What's it called? Uh, yeah, it's called Pepper. Okay. It's a warm up for volleyball where you're kind of hitting, passing, yeah. and setting while standing. Hitting, passing, setting, standing up, getting the joints loose, working up a sweat, that type of stuff. Uh, we did this after practice. We, we got the volleyball. And uh, for the record, Kevin, how are my skills? I gotta give you credit, Steve. Uh, you obviously had played before. Thank you. You knew how to put the hands together. Uh, you did. You did eventually abandon the double L technique for setting. You decided to use more fingers. That was a good idea. <laughs> and well, uh, and you had a couple of digs. I mean, you didn't lay out there next to Nick Way's rig, but you you it, did actually like put your arms out and dig the ball up to where I could go and get it. Uh, it's the concrete. I'm not going to show you. You know, I'm not going to just die for it. It's not that important to me. But for the record, yeah. So you. Two-time Olympic volleyball player, NBC Sports commentator, volleyball. I mean, I'm close to being Olympic quality, 
player, would you say? Just off. Okay. Just off. But there's there's hope. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe we could put you in the Top Gun scene. If you just go jeans <laughs> uh, and you're ready. Just right. go jeans, right. no shirt, you and Slider against anyone. I, thank you. Thank you. I just, glad, I'm glad we got a chance to do that. I'm glad that, you know, JT Weech had a good old laugh at me talking about my volleyball skills. But they're there. They were there, buried deep inside, but I brought them out. <laughs> ah, all right. Um, 250 class. So, Weege, uh, Cole Seeley and you have buried your beef. <laughs> You've buried your beef uh, from, from preseason. Uh, you talked to him after the race. All he can do, really, at, ho- at this point is hole shot and try to win a race. And that's exactly what he did, which is great for him. But uh, Jason Anderson, despite... Going off the track, despite crashing, despite having so many close calls, still got second. But Seeley rode a good race. I thought uh, Seeley and I still had an issue because I went over to interview him. He had just finished up an interview with uh, Dan Dunes, who, you know, is always there to get the scoop. And then as soon as the interview ended, Seeley bolted into the trolley truck, ran through the crowd. And as agent was there, who, you know, I'm friends with, and I was like, um, should I go inside the truck to interview him, and he's like, yeah, go inside. I go inside, and there is Seeley splayed out, like, face down on the couch in the <laughs> in the rig. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll leave him alone. <clears throat> Turns out he was having a stomach problem at the time. Um, it wasn't that he was running from me or the fans. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, we're good. I, is it not, like, the tale of, like, two different ways to do it? Like, Seeley had, like, the most just a perfect, fluid, easy race, and Anderson's right. had like one of the craziest races of the year, and in the end the difference was three points. They did it, yeah. They they got their positions in wildly different ways. It was much like uh, Adam Cincerullo discussed on the Moto60 show last week, the perfection of Sealy versus the perfectly imperfect style of, of Anderson. We saw it on, on display. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um so eight points with one round to go. Uh, we I still like. I mean, Anderson still got this right. Like Sealy. I mean, Sealy rides great at Vegas and everything, but yeah, it's tough. I don't know. I think Anderson showed that it would. It's going to take a lot for him to hand over a whole bunch of points because I mean, in a way, you could say that main event was rough, and he still managed to get second. So it's going to take something crazy for him to to drop drop off the podium, which is what he would need to have happen. We are JT like uh, like my volleyball skills. Anderson uh, really showed something this weekend. Uh, yeah, I mean he showed a lot of resolve and uh, overcame a lot of adversity. Um, you know he kind of self inflicted that adversity. Yeah, on yeah, himself. he did. He did right. <laughs> but uh, he still he still rode great, and he, there was ample opportunity for him to hand over a, a buttload of points to. Mm-hmm. And he just refused to do it. He kept fighting back and fighting back and fighting back. And uh, those are the moments you look back and you look at why titles are won, and that's definitely got to be a strong moment. Do you think if you're Justin Hill, he was just going, what in the F is happening? This guy keeps blowing by me. <laughs> and then, and, then and I, <laughs> I really expected uh, Hill to get a little bit more aggressive because Anderson was getting really aggressive with him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, kept, I kept waiting for that retaliation, and I don't know if – Hill just felt like he didn't have the pace, and he was just kind of like, all right, fine, you know, you keep passing, obviously, mm-hmm. go ahead. Or he had to, you know, he's looking at, this guy's going to win the title, I can't be the reason he doesn't, or what was going on there. But uh, it definitely had to be frustrating to be passed that many times. And, JT, your buddy Dean Wilson, you are number one on the bandwagon for that kid. Uh, what happened? I uh, just fell. 
just uh, lost a front end going through the turn, <laughs> which we've we've seen happen quite a bit to him. And uh, wow. you know, as he he said after the race, he was just going to win the race. So uh, mistakes happen, and he doesn't regret it. Just uh, yeah, just a mistake. Are you are you still on that wagon? You still on that bandwagon? Uh, yes, okay. I believe right. I'm firmly entrenched. All right, uh, Kevin. Um, I didn't like what Mookie was doing in that heat race. What did you think about that? I, I don't like the stopping and the looking and all that. Great race. I mean, they're going at it, him and Osborne, but come on, right? Or, I mean, what do you think? I mean, entertainment value, I give it a 10. I think the crowd, the yeah. crowd was loving it. Uh, you kind of wondered what was the point here. If we're, we're fighting over one gate, essentially. It seemed like it was an ego fight between the two of the guys. But as I saw somewhere about the parking where Mookie nearly stopped in front of him, that that's a, that's a Carmichael trick. So it has precedent. And I, I think Mookie's got into it with a few people this year, but, I mean, nobody speared anybody. No one took anybody else down. They were kind of just going back and forth, and, yeah, there's a little bit of stopping. But I'll take a little bit of stopping versus taking someone's front wheel out in the middle of a berm and knocking that guy down. What do you mean it's a Carmichael move? That's what people were saying, that Carmichael, and they were posting videos and stuff. I didn't have time to watch it all, but uh-huh. they were posting videos of Carmichael pulling it, pulling that in front of people. I think you just remember Carmichael we blowing. We be the expert here. I remember Carmichael just blowing by dudes. I don't remember too much of that. but uh, Detroit 2006 would be your reference that you're looking for if you want to go back, Steve. 2006. Yeah, is that Chad in San Diego, or where is that? Yeah, uh, Detroit, it was really bad. He did it to him a few times. Um, what would you make of those moves by Mookie, JT? I thought it was a little bit silly, uh, just because there's n- there's nothing to gain over really over second and third. You're, the goal is to win the heat race, right? So if you look at it as if they hadn't been doing that cat and mouse stuff, Mookie hadn't been stopping, they would have they would have gotten Dean because he crashed. Yeah. So yeah. It, that, those silly moves cost them the race, the heat race wins. I I, I, I don't really like racing. If you're going to race like that, move forward. You know, race ahead. Yeah. Don't do dumb things like that. If it's the main event, you're going for the podium, that's totally different, but in that certain situation, I just didn't see a lot of benefits to racing like that. Weege, isn't Mookie on probation or something? Isn't he? Wasn't yeah, and he? I think um, I was saying to someone there, it's going to get really scary because I don't think they know what probation means and what that should entail if the guy has another violation. They must be very worried. I don't know. They would yeah. actually have to do something about the probation. <laughs> the AMA guy... Look, now you're on double super secret probation now. Stop it. Yeah. 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 The only time I think that really came back to bite them was that, it, you know, J-Law, I believe, was on probation, and eventually they were forced to be like, damn it, you were already on probation, you screwed up again, we are really going to have to hammer down on you because of the probation. But I feel like any other time probation is used to prevent having to actually do something. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it too much. I'm with I'm with JT. It's like... Like, at some point, I get racing, you know, I get trying to anticipate where the guy's going to go and stopping and cutting under and all that, but to just drive a guy to the outside and, like, stop and look at him and, like, just, you know, yeah, race forward. I don't know. I guess maybe that – I don't remember Ricky doing it too much. I'll have to go back and look. Uh, you know, I guess if you had a big rivalry with Chad back then, those two guys personally. But Mookie and Osborne don't have any beef, you know, so now you're just doing it to a guy that, you know, you just should be racing with normally. I don't know. Um, what else, Kevin, stood out for you in the 250 class? What you, would you think? Uh, I thought Shane McElrath came back for a good ride into 10th. 
Yeah, really. <laughs> After right? a horrible-looking crash uh, in in practice. I mean, that that was one of the nastier ones I've seen. And somehow he got up and walked it off and ends up 10th in the main. Yeah, he, he got up and qualified. Like, I don't yeah. – yeah. JT, that was lucky. Oh, my God. He went right over. He was trapped on the bike and everything. Yeah, that was a pretty dirty one. Um, yeah, it's – I know that uh, Dean had complained uh, after his heat race because uh, he crashed in a similar area mm-hmm. about uh, that same thing we talked about where Dirtworks uh, basically changing how the jumps were, kind of uh, the angles on them. Uh, Dean made a comment on the, his podium uh, or his uh, heat race win interview about that. So What'd they do? Uh, I guess they changed one of the angles on the landings. Um Oh, yeah? Okay. He's either takeoff or landing. I couldn't really catch all of it, but I knew what he was referring to. Uh-huh. Uh, basically, he implemented dirt works and, and making changes, and that's why McElrath crashed, and that's why Dean made a mistake. So you hate to see guys <laughs> have big get-off like that, but luckily he's all right, and everything turned out for the best. But definitely a scary moment. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Osborne didn't get a good start. I was looking forward to better things from him. I think Wilson's got Osborne in this title, JT. I, I could owe you some money here shortly. Um, yes, you have been mathematically eliminated, sir. I probably have. Yes, I actually, got. that's a better point. I probably just need to pay you. Um, we had a bet beginning of the season. I said Osborne would beat Wilson. Neither one of us really had much to crow about, though. I mean, Wilson is going to win, but <laughs> neither guy has exactly. Uh, I look good early with the two podiums, and then uh, you look good later on, and now it's just a mess for both of us. <laughs> so... Um, Michael Lieb, 11th out of a car, out of a, a rented car again. Um, yeah, good job by McElrath. Uh, anything else? Weech, 250 class? You, you're... Nelson was uh, fourth for a lot of it. Uh, Wilson got him in the end, but mm-hmm. I, I, that's probably one of the better rides uh, yeah. Nelson's had in Supercross, I think. That's yeah, I think that might be a season best ride. Let me look. Uh, yeah, I remember last year he was yes, a rookie. Season best ride. Pretty rough season for him, so that might be the career best. I'm not sure. Right, right. I don't. Yeah, he so, seemed to be almost okay. a forgotten guy on that team. Yeah, he's not signed for yeah. next year. Uh, McElrath is, and uh, who's the amateur kid? Um, Justin Heft. Hoft. Heft. He's going to be there. I don't know if Heft is. is Heft, we've discussed this before. I don't know if Heft is going to be pro next year, though. But either way, I mean, Nelson has had basically a season of outdoors, then all of last year, and then this year. It hasn't been great. Yeah, he's been a early guy for a long time, so you know they they want to stick with him. But I don't know if they'll be able to. He hasn't hasn't shined yet, really. Really, the two fifty West series since Tellier went home hasn't been the same. Do you guys agree, JT? Uh, I I don't even know. I, I we're still talking about this guy, really. <laughs> hey, with, to start with, you don't say his name correctly. It's Tellier. And then the fact that we're still talking about him and his best finish was like a 13th. Mm, no, it's 14th. <laughs> um, hey, uh, Dean Ferris. Did you guys hear that Dean Ferris is going to miss most of the outdoors, if not all of them? Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Are you referring to the summer series? <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I am. With the parking lot jump at that Michigan track. <laughs> um, what a What a disaster. By for Dean and for Roger DeCoster. So, JT, do they fill that spot? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, you'd have to think if, if it's really, if that is the case, man, you, they have to, right? Yeah. The, the, the sad thing about it is, is 
they hired him for the outdoor championship. Period. Yes. And I even I was told that they even made the comment to him, just get through this without getting hurt. We don't care. We don't care what place you get. Just get through it. And that didn't happen. So it's got to be a huge, huge blow to them. And I know they have their hands full dealing with uh, the Rocks and thing and, and Dungy and, and hoping those guys can win a title this summer. But still, man, that's a, that's a big blow to their, their 250 hopes. The uh... – yeah, it, it, yeah. It, shades of Greg Alberton. Just they should have just parked him. Weege, wouldn't you just park a guy like that? Wouldn't shouldn't you just say like, hey, just race outdoors? Yeah, I think the reason they didn't was because they don't want him to be an outdoor guy forever. I mean, I think they eventually want to have the guy in the team and have him pull some weight in Supercross. So I think they were weighing the options and said, well, he's not going to get better at it unless he races. So we'll let him race at least get some experience, but hopefully not get hurt. The only thing I don't know is. Did he get hurt riding Supercross, or was it testing for outdoors? I know, know it was just I, was, I know it was just testing. Kevin, do you, do you have any idea? From what I'm remembering that I read, he was just testing outdoors. I don't think it was Supercross related, oh, but yeah, I, I, I can't thing, really man. say that for sure. It's just what I was reading. Yeah. Well, uh, either way, what a disaster. Yeah, who's the most likely fill-in candidate for that spot then? Honestly, I know when uh, Moosecan went out for the East, one of the things they said was they really couldn't find anybody that was that good, so that's what made it harder to fill that spot in. Um, now, maybe it changes for outdoors because you do see a lot of the Josh Hill. Josh Hill. Oh, there you go. On the lights, by Jimmy, Jimmy Dakotas. I know he's really happy with the with the purse and prize payout situations mm-hmm. across the board. Mm-hmm. He's your perfect, coming, perfect com- fill-in. Coming off a stellar GP season yeah. also last year. He really year. proved himself, opened some eyes. Canada? He is a ripper. Canada wouldn't be bad. Uh, yeah, Canada's pretty yeah. fast outside. Canada, uh, in his good days at MCR, I remember him a top ten guy a lot. So yeah, that could be a good spot. Yeah, Nico is he in the mix too? I think there's more guys available because there's quite a few good privateers in 250 Supercross that can race Supercross but can't afford to race the nationals. That become desperate and more available. Yeah, Nico is he um, isn't racing in Canada anymore. He couldn't get his uh, work visa. So there, there you go. Nico Izzy. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, jeez, why get? <laughs> just the work visa thing. Like these poor guys. Like it's just that they're struggling with the basics of life before they can even get to the darn track and race. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess right. Paperwork's not food. Are there a bigger obstacle? Jumps. We'll worry about those later. <laughs> um. All right. Anything else about Seattle? Uh, what else can we talk about? Chris Bloss has been riding good lately. Another good race for him. Qualified good and, and put in a, a 12th. Which, when you look at the finishes, Villapoto, Stewart, Dungey, Tomac, Barsha, Kennard, Roxon, Short, Hill, Alessi. And then there's a pack of guys that are all pretty close. And Bloss won, quote-unquote, won the pack of guy race. Other- you said Bloss can't win. I, I did. I did say that, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay. Um, so, Blos is riding all right. Um, you know, I've been keeping track of this race for 20th in the points. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. It's $8,000 plus for 20th place in the series. It is zero. Poor Jimmy. It is zero for, 20, for, for 21st. Poor Jimmy. And Jimmy just got passed by Trey Kennard this weekend. So, his yeah. buddy. His buddy. Who needs who – needs- 
Who needs uh, enemies when you have friends like that? Right? I wonder if Canard takes a dive for eight grand for Jimmy, for his buddy. So, bummer deal, because Alberton didn't Gerard, raise. He will take the, the, the prize money and give it to Jimmy. Right? Probably would. I would not be surprised at all. No, because what is eight grand to Trey Canard? No. Nothing. I, hate, I mean, we don't want to trivialize eight grand for those you of us. Want, you might want to let him know about that. <laughs> well, Weege is the one saying he's going to give it away. <laughs> I think Weege was, Weege was saying that he would be charitable, and his charity knows no bounds. You were saying that eight grand means nothing. All right. You say tomato, I, I say tomato. A little bit about that. Um, remember last year, Freeze was in a, in a, in a squeeze. Freeze was in a squeeze. Yeah. Because uh, he was battling for 20th, but he was also battling in the East, and then he decided to stay on the 250 for Vegas. Um, and he said he's in this situation now, like especially if, say, he had another chance to ride the JGR bike. That's something tough to pass up. But I guess the rules are that if you declare you're a – if you accidentally finish in the top 20 in points, but you raced every regional 250 race you could, they're like, okay, you're not pointing out of the class. You tried. You tried to race a 250. But if there's a 250 race and you choose to race a 450 that night, now they're like, okay, you just finished in the top 20, and I think you lose your eligibility. That's what he's afraid of, at least. Um, so he's in a tough spot. He would like to keep racing a 450. No, he's 20 points back a 20th. Well, this was before. This was before. Oh, the, yeah. Okay. You know, this is Saturday morning. So he was certainly with three races to go. He certainly – I remember he was going to get 12th or something, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, and the funny part about it was he's like, I'm not sure really what the rules are. I guess I better ask. And I'm like, well, you're going to talk to the same guys who did not know if it was Moose Camp's third year in the class last year or not. And they just hope that Will Hahn won. We, we had a guy an official tell us, well, we hope – well, hopefully, hopefully Will Hahn wins. So we don't have to deal with <laughs> Marvin Muscat and his one point that he got for – being two laps down three years ago, or whatever that was. AMA officials out there on the track waving Will Hahn to victory. <laughs> waving the blue flag up, Muscat. You're being lapped. Slow down. <laughs> A stop-and-go penalty. We've never seen this before. <laughs> um, I'm looking at it here, Steven. It looks like both of those guys could go inside the top 20 because Tedesco is no longer in action, nor is Weimer. Weimer's and coming back, though. Guys Weimer's coming oh, back. Weimer's coming back. Yeah, he will for sure back in New York. Last two, yeah. Yep. Weimer will be back. So the okay. they have a chance to catch Tedesco, but he's fifteen down, and Jimmy has not gotten fifteen points in a race all season, and he's the best he's ever got is eight. So it it could be close. Yeah, but he's got a leapfrog, uh, Trey J- or Jay or Weimer or Blows. Just saying. Uh, and then he's got Nick Schmidt on his, nipping at his heels eight points back. So, um, hey, do we still like do we still like the 250 races in Vegas coming down and counting for points and all that, Weege? Are we still okay with all that? I mean, the shootout suffers, there's no doubt, but. I think so. I think it's cool. I mean, I definitely understand what they're doing. They're just trying to, and especially in this situation where it's probable the 450 title is wrapped up. Um, you know, they're trying to make it more exciting. I understand what they're doing. So, yeah, I think it brings some disadvantages with kind of taking the shootout excitement away, but I think, still think it's the right way to go. It turned out awesome results last year. There's some yeah. definite excitement going into the end last year. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, JT? Where do you stand on that? I like it. I think it adds excitement to the race in an otherwise uh, anticlimactic situation. 
uh, the only concern I ever had with it was uh, they make the track so muddy for the heat races that the old style heat races at Vegas, which are now main events, that's that can be a real wild card as far as uh, the, that race result. If it comes down to just like it did last year in both classes, man, it's tough to have like a almost a mud race as your final main event when it doesn't have to be. It's just uh, for track prep, they they generally make it pretty muddy. Well, they they knew that and they fixed it for last year. They addressed it. Because the managers were worried about that too, but you're totally yep. right. But here's what I think: the main event gates drop at seven o'clock or se- yeah, seven seven thirty or whatever it is. It's kind of anticlimactic. It's like, oh, here we go, the main event. They need. I think they need to put the four fifty heats first for Vegas. So at least there's some build up or something. Because I don't know. It just it seems like, oh, here we go. Oh, look at here they are. They're roaring into the stadium. You know what I mean? I don't like that part. I thought it was pretty cool, but just because of what. I- what you're saying with the opposite, the, the heats are usually pretty boring to get the night starting. There's all this buildup. It's almost like the the 6.30 and 7 o'clock hour are like, man, it's 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 about to go down here. Like, everything's okay. on the line here coming up, like, right off the bat. So oh. I, I definitely see what you're saying, but I right. thought it was kind of cool to, to start it off with so much on the line right away. Yeah, all right. What do you think, Kevin? Yeah, I like the I like the anticipation of that that build up where you got to be in your seat and you want to be in your spot when opening ceremonies are over because here it comes and they have the jets fly over and the fire explodes and people are hitting that that ski jump. I thought that was awesome a couple of years ago and they came roaring into the stadium and everything worked all at once. It all worked together and you had jets and fire and everything. <laughs> jets and fire, man. <laughs> the real show pony. Yeah, jets and fire and Jim Holly. The three American, like American apple pie, just that's... <laughs> jets, fire, and Polaroid. <laughs> uh, Kevin, how's that going? Working with getting me on the show. We got two rounds left. How's that working? Uh, yeah, in the works. All right, but de- <laughs> definitely before Wygant, right? Well, that, that's the word. I'm, I'm not the final decision maker in this. No, I know. Not... No, no, I know. But just, I got a better shot than Wygant. Weed's very high on the list. <laughs> Take you and your stupid collared shirt, while I get, and take that. Yes, I was hoping to make it's it Mickey Thompson and then Weech the on the list. <laughs> oh, that's awful. <laughs> that's horrible, JT. <laughs> um, all right, anything else, Wygant? No, I'm good. Hey, you know, do you think they're excited that in the end there's a potential the title will be wrapped up in this New York race, which they're really, really, really trying to promote and build up? It's actually a good thing. I mean, of course, they'd rather have it go to the finale, but they can put a little twist on this. Yeah, I they guess. Yeah, it's yeah. I, I heard about this New York thing. I, I have heard about it. How about the oh, jackasses okay. on Twitter? Oh, it's New Jersey, man. Like, come on, guys. You know, New Jersey Giants, the NFL, right? The, the New Jersey Jets. Yeah, this battle's been raging for thirty years. Like, yeah. we know where the stadium is. We're where. Yeah, like you They're, know. They, they, Stadium's not there, so people from because of the metropolis of Newark, New Jersey, and <laughs> Jersey City. That's not why they built that stadium in that area. Yeah, Please, of, are you coming in early so you can go flag in English Town for a day, just old times? You know, that reminds me one week on Steve's Thursday show. My buddy, of course, Mario. Of course, that's his name. <laughs> um, did say if I wanted to come in early and go to English Town on Wednesday, he'd have a bike uh, ready for me. He'd have a bike, yeah, for you. Yeah, Mario, of course. So it was technically Pick up Luigi on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, 
got to bring the I got to bring the family. I don't think that they're I don't think that's their idea of a good time. I don't. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's good crowning your champion in New York. Like whatever. I don't know. Um, well, I'm just saying. You know, yeah. they're going to build that that way. Yeah. Like this sucks. We'd rather have it go to the wire, but instead we'll use this as an opportunity to be like, look, we're making history in front of the New York media. <laughs> I hope I hope that he does clinch it because I submitted an Australian magazine story today talking about Ryan Villapoto being a four-time champion. So I really hope he does it. I'm gambling that he that he clinches it. You know, I'm trying to beat the deadlines here. So knowing him, he might consider throwing this title away just to screw you over. (laughs) Right, right. Have you written the other side where he falls apart and Stu or Dungey take this thing down? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, both sides. Yeah, both uh, both championship T-shirts made. Yeah, trying to decide which ones to hand out. The other ones are going to Africa for homeless kids. Um, the uh, that was the last Seattle, by the way, or at least for a year. There are I got confirmation on that. They are going to. It doesn't work out with the travel schedule, so they're going back to New York next year. And it's just this drive, and there's no break for Easter next year. I I don't understand why. Did, where does Easter fall next year? I don't understand that part of it, but. Um, I was told there's no break for Easter next year. I don't know. Easter doesn't fall on a chance to have a break. So that I, that I don't understand when that is. But anyways. So uh, no, that makes more sense. I'm sure Easter doesn't fall between, like the weekend before the New Jersey race to let them drive all the time. Yeah, however it works, right. So Yeah. Like if Easter is in March, like it is some years, it's going to be, you know, after Daytona, which is not helping anybody. Easter's in March? Only because my birthday is in April, I know that Easter, for some strange reason, goes all the heck over the map. Really? Yeah, I don't understand oh, Easter yeah. holiday and when that happens. But I always thought it was the third Sunday, and then somebody told me it's not always the third Sunday of April or whatever. So. No, not even close. It varies by up to a month sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, so no Seattle. Uh, that's a little sad. I, like, I enjoy the city. Um, yeah. But, all right. Uh, hey, folks, not too late to try to rent a Supercross star. We may continue this program. Keep keep your word out. Kevin Bar- so at your own risk. Yeah. Kevin Barnett, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I uh, hope you had fun. I did. Thanks for having me back. If you want to bring that volleyball to some more races, you know, we can just play some pepper. You know. We can expand our game. We'll get JT involved. <laughs> he does, Ooh, I'm good. He does seem to know the movie Side Out very well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, BTOsports.com Racer X podcast presented by Fox Racing Seattle Supercross wrap-up Kevin Barnett, Jason Thomas Jason Wygant, thanks everybody See you, see you guys Alright, see you This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck is that he never said sorry. Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone 
even harder, jump farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think yeah. he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days. They're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pitch and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years come.